Amen. Amen. That's the way it ought to be, ain't it? Hallelujah. I'll tell you, I, I know I don't deserve God's goodness in my life. I know where I ought to be at, but I praise Him for it tonight. Preacher, you come on and preach to us. Amen. Just plow it up real good and preach real long, okay? Are y'all for that? Amen. Don't preach no 20-minute sermon tonight. We got plenty of time, don't we? Amen. Amen. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And um, boy, I appreciate the Lord helping us this morning. And uh, I pray that he'll help us this evening as we preach his word. I love this place. I thank God for the privilege of uh, being a member here. And uh, I love the, the church family. Uh, I love the pastor and his family. Uh, and thank the Lord for them. I was thinking uh, a while ago that uh, not every preacher you know uh, is a spirit-filled preacher. And uh, to be honest with you, this day and hour seem to be uh, just uh, not too many. I mean, I thank God for a man of God uh, that tries to serve the Lord, tries to be obedient unto him, and tries to walk in the Holy Ghost. And uh, as you know, that's not always easy to do because of this rotten flesh we have. But I thank God for our preacher and I thank God for the man of God. And uh, we don't worship him, but I thank God for him. And uh, I thank God that he loves God and he loves Jesus. And his dad always says, it's easy to love those who love Jesus. Amen. In uh, James chapter 1, this is uh, kind of a familiar passage of scripture, uh, but it's what the good Lord laid upon my heart, and I want to preach it tonight. Look in verse 18, if you will. He said of his own will, and begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. I'm afraid our churches are filled with people that are deceived. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and he goeth his way, straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continuing therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If the Lord would help me for a few moments, I want to preach on looking into the mirror. Looking into the mirror. Now, he said in verse 18 that it was the word of God that begat us. So there ought to be a fondness in our heart uh, for the word of God. It was the word of God that we learned about our condition. Uh, the Bible said that it was uh, our schoolmaster, if you will. It was the word of God that taught me uh, of my depravity, taught me how wicked I was. 
You know, they tell you, well, you, you got to be careful how you preach to sinners and, and you really don't want to get on their sin too much. And well, it really, be honest with you, uh, it's the preaching on sin uh, that gets their attention. It might make them mad, uh, but they may get saved and get glad. Amen. Uh, you got to, you know what Paul said? He said the commandment came. Uh, he said sin revived uh, and I died. It was when I heard the word of God uh, and realized uh, that I was rotten uh, and I was wicked and I needed God. Amen. So I thank God for the word of God that taught me of the depravity of man. Then he taught me my destiny. It's through the Bible that I found out I was going to hell. I'm glad, hallelujah, that a man of God stood up one day and took the word of God and preached to me and let me know that there was a hell to shun. I was headed to hell. But I'm glad it didn't stop there. I also learn in the word of God that there was a deliverer. I'm glad, thank God. Hey, you know what he said in Ephesians? But God, I'm glad that God butted in our life and gave me a salvation. I'm glad he just didn't leave me there hanging knowing I was wicked, knowing I was going to hell without hope. I'm glad he gave me hope and showed me, thank God, if I'd run to him, if I'd run to Calvary that he would save me by his good grace uh, and hallelujah I'm on my way to heaven uh, because of the word of God. Amen. Amen. Thank God for his word. Uh, let me say first of all in verse 19 and 20 we see the hearing of the word. He said first of all that we are to be swift to hear. Swift to hear. You know what that means? That means not playing on cell phones during preaching. Amen. I'm sure we don't have that problem around here. Uh, but that's what that means. I have even set in camp meetings uh, and see preachers uh, playing with their phone. Now it's one thing uh, if a pastor uh, is waiting on uh, something from a member that's uh, in the hospital, something like that, I understand that. Uh, but to be playing on the phone, uh, you see, you're not swift to hear that way. Uh, it means to be prompt. I'll be honest with you. It also means not to be sleeping. Amen. Now some of you may take medicine, uh, especially if you're a little older and you fall asleep, that's all right. But there should never be a teenager close their eyes and go to sleep in the house of God. He said you ought to be paying attention. I'm telling you, when we come in God's house, we ought to respect the house of God and be swift to hear. I want to hear what God has to say to me. Oh, his voice is important to me. I like to come to the house of God and see what's going on, amen. He said that we are to be swift swift to hear. Amen. Then he said, slow to speak. You know why? Because if you're talking, you're not listening. <laughs> There's a fellow who came to camp meeting and uh, it's somebody I know and uh, he sat with me and he talked uh, most of the time of the meeting and I couldn't hear what was going on and so I'd move on him and Brother Ronnie, he'd seek me out and he'd come sit by me and then he'd start talking and I'd be kind of looking up here, I'm trying to listen and he's a talking. Here's what James is saying. You need to be quiet so you can listen uh, what God has to say. Amen. That's why young people that we always say, don't be talking in church because if you're talking, 
listening, you're not listening. Amen. I told the young people uh, this week how that I was 15 years old and I was talking with the preacher's kid. What about that? I was talking in the imitation time and the evangelist had been coming there for years and he called us down. I knew Brother David, I was in trouble. And he said, he said, Bobby and Joey, shut up. This is the house of God. And I knew I was going to get fired up and I did and I had to sit with dad until I turned 18. I was the only young person sitting by my parent at 18 years old. But you know what? You know what it taught me? How to respect the house of God and that God's word is important and the authority of the scripture and hallelujah. We ought to come to God's house and keep our mind on him and keep our mouth shut and pay attention and listen what God has to say. Amen. Amen. Then he said to be slow to wrath. You see, here's what happens sometimes. We hear something that the preacher says and it makes our flesh mad. And then we got mad before we heard him say the rest of it. You know what I'm saying? You know how sweet I am. At the beginning of the year, I was preaching a message and Brother Danny, this fellow met me after the service and he said, I don't talk to you. I said, all right. He said, I appreciate what you said about that. I appreciate what you said about that. I said, well, did you hear me say that? Well, no, I didn't hear that. You know why I didn't hear that? He doesn't turn me off. He doesn't got mad, you see. So here's what he's saying. When it comes to listening, uh, before you get all bent out of shape, hear the whole matter. Because when you get angry, then you're not listening, amen? Uh, you've done turn off uh, what the man of God is saying. I've seen people do it. I've done it. I've, I've got upset before I heard I've actually got upset and then heard really the wrong thing and got mad for nothing. Amen. Now, surely you've never done that. Amen. He said we're to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Number two, verse 21, he talked about what hinders the word. He said filthiness. You know what that word means? Just what it is. Filthiness. It means garbage on the internet. It means garbage on your television. It means garbage on your CD player. That word filthiness, it means that it's like putting a blockage in your ear. Kind of like an ear infection. You ever have an ear infection? And brother, brother Lamar, you can't hear good. They get in your ear and, and you can't hear good because there's an infection in there. So here's what he's saying. When you let filthiness in your life and you let that garbage in your ears, then you're not hearing good what the Lord has to say. Hear me, young people. You hear me preach about music a lot. And the reason why is because that garbage gets in your ears and it hinders the word of God. It isn't that we want you to be better than anybody else because there's nothing good about any of us but he that lives is within us. It ain't about you, amen. It's about him and it's about being where the Holy Ghost can take his word and speak to you and me. And so he said, get that filthiness out of your life that you might hear the word of God, amen. Amen. 
every time you ever watch a young person drift away, I promise you, they've got filthiness in their life. I was preaching last year at a youth camp, and this 13-year-old boy got up weeping, Brother Chris, because I was preaching on pornography, and you know what he said? I'd be ashamed tonight if you saw what was on my phone. 13 years old. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know why a 13-year-old boy has one anyway. Amen. Especially with internet access. He was the song leader's son. And he got up weeping and said, I'd be embarrassed. I'd be ashamed. 13 years old. You know what that does? That hinders that boy from hearing the voice of God. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want anything to hinder hearing that voice. It's the best voice there is. It's the sweetest voice. It's the greatest voice. I don't want anything in my life to ever hinder me and him having that fellowship. I'm telling you, a young person, it's the greatest thing of the greatest day of my life outside of getting saved. I was kneeling down up there in the attic of my daddy's home and said, Lord, I sure don't know what you can do with me but here I am I want to be used of you and I want to get anything out of my life that I may hear the voice of God I like that voice I even like it if he's rebuking me I just like him to talk to me I just like it I thank God when he takes notice and he speaks to me amen Amen. filthiness filthiness will hinder you from hearing the voice of God. Number two, he used the word naughtiness. That word means malice. It means that we let feelings sometimes hinder us from hearing the word of God. We, that word, it's a strong word, that word naughtiness. It actually means hatred. It, it actually means that you hope something bad happens to that person. You hope that the house burns down. I mean, you're angry. You know what? When you're mad like that and you're angry against somebody, and you got those feelings in there, you're not hearing the voice of God. Brother George, the Lord's trying to get through that. And when we're that way, he can't get through that. Because we've done got so angry that we're full of hatred. Matter of fact, it even means that we want to hurt somebody. We've done got that angry. I've done it before. I have gotten angry where I was, I mean, I was mad. I I, I wanted to whoop everybody I could get a hold of. I was angry. And you know what? I had to get right with God so I could hear the voice of God. Amen. Uh, Some of you here maybe tonight uh, that you've got feelings uh, that you won't deal with. Uh, You've got them buried inside and you're still angry at that person. You felt like you've been done wrong. Maybe you have, but I'm telling you, Uh, You've mistreated the Lord uh, much more uh, than anybody's ever mistreated you. And thank God he loves you in spite of you and he puts up with you and he puts up with me in spite of me. I'm glad he loves me uh, just as I am tonight. I'm glad, thank God, he overlooks uh, my fault and he sees my need. Uh, And some of you tonight, you just need to get over it and get those feelings out of your heart. Go ahead and deal with them that you can hear the voice of God. It might be you don't know what God wants you to do because maybe there's feelings in there and you can't hear his voice. Amen. Feelings. That malice. That malice builds up. Had a fella hurt me. 
But Casey, I was, I was angry. And I'd go to bed at night and I'd think about, boy, I wish I'd have said that. Mm, I wish I'd have done that. Boy, I wish I'd have said that. And the Holy Ghost one night said, that's enough. He said, if you want to stay right with me, you're going to get on your knees right now and forgive them. They're never going to ask you. You go ahead and get on your knees, forgive them, and then ask me to forgive you for harboring that old bitterness. Get it out of your heart. Because if you don't, you're going to be in worse shape than they are. And I said, I cherish your friendship. And I cherish your fellowship. And I want to get up in the morning and hear the birds sing. And so I got on my knees and said, Lord, I want you to take that out of my heart and take that out of my life. I want to hear your voice. Hallelujah. I want to have that fellowship. I want to hear the word of God. I'm telling you, uh, he said, uh, it'll hinder you if you don't get rid of those feelings. Amen. That malice. Boy, people get, they get so offended today, so easy. I mean, you can just jokingly sometimes say something to them and they get bent out of shape and, and, and won't come back to church for three weeks or so. I mean, just over something silly. My goodness, we need some alligator hide, amen? I would just need to learn to get over some things, amen? I thank God, get that mess out of your life so the Holy Ghost can speak to you, amen? Amen. Not only we see the hearing of the word, the hindering of the word. Verse 22, we see the heeding of the word. He gives two categories of people. He said there's doers. But Keith, he said there's deceivers. The doer is those who hear the word and they do it. Can I be honest with you? There's very few of those. Most people say, well, that's their opinion. Well, that's what the pastor said. Well, it ain't what the pastor said. He's telling you what God said. Now, if a man tells you that he likes a certain color shirt that you wear, well, that'd be what the pastor would say. Or if he wants you to wear a certain pair of shoes, that'd be what the pastor would say. But when he gives you the Bible, there's no room in there for that's what the pastor. That's just Brother Bobby's idea. No, 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 no. That's what God has to say. Amen. Uh, so many times we pass it off. Well, the preacher said that women ought to dress this way. No, he preacher just telling you what the Lord had to say. Amen. And the boys ought to cut the hair. Amen. And take the earrings out of the ear and give them back to their wife or their sister. Amen. Yeah. Added, that isn't what, man, that's what the word of God said. We ought to live right, dress right, and do right, amen. It isn't for any brownie points. It isn't trying to make somebody like us. We just believe in doing right. You're not a legalist because you try to live holy, amen. I don't want to do it for a pat on the back. I know how rotten I am. I know how wicked that I really am. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it because I love him and I want to try to honor him and I want to be obedient to what he had to say. Amen. Amen. You see, there's doers, then there's deceivers. Here's what he said. You deceive yourself. I thought about how are they deceived. People are deceived, I think, in three things. Number one, they think that they can ignore the word of God, and they're still right with God. They come to church, act like nothing ever happened. 
They do their own thing. <laughs> some even, listen, some even drink. Some even smoke dope. And they come to church and act like that it's all right. They act like their relationship is right with God. Young people will be disobedient to their parents, disobedience to preaching, and come to church and act like they're right with God. You're not right with God. If you don't heed his word and you're not a doer, then you're deceived tonight to think you're right with God and you're not right with uh, people in the church. You're not right with a man of God. Amen. Or you're not right with your husband or your wife or your children. You're not right with God. Amen. Amen. We deceive ourselves that our relationship with God is right. Number two, we deceive ourselves in believing that we're not going to reap what we sow. You're going to reap what you sow. I've watched people, I've been in church now for a long time, and I've watched people get out, and I watch them come back and get in, and I'm always glad when they come back and get in. But while they're out, they'd sowed some bad seed. And even though we get back in, that seed's going to still, it, it, it got rooted and it's still going to bring forth some rotten fruit because we had gotten out and sowed that seed, you see. Young person, do you understand, Brother Andrew? That's why we preach to you. Don't go out. Don't go out and sow those wild oats because they will come back to get you. You see, and I'm always glad. I am always, when I see a young person who's been out in sin come back and get right with God, I weep with them. I rejoice with them. I thank God for them. I'm glad they came back. I don't want them to be out there. But it doesn't mean that it's all going to be erased. When you sow those wild oats, friend, you're going to have to reap them. Amen. But Dave, we deceive ourselves to think that we're not going to reap what we sow. You're going to reap what, if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap it. I'm not trying to be a prophet of doom tonight, but I'm just telling you reality. We need to realize this thing's for real. Amen. I've seen parents down through the years let their children watch anything and go anywhere and do anything. And then when they get up to be 18, 19, they want to do a God in church and they blame it on the preacher. Yeah. Well, if that church would have had more activities. And no, it's because you sowed to the flesh. What in the world do you think you're going to reap? Amen. I was working one day. It was Christmas time and I was seeing my family in Kentucky. My brother-in-law, he lays flooring for a living. And, and uh, he said, hey, help, go with me. I've got to do this little job. I said, all right. So... We was in there working, and, and the, the lady and her little eight-year-old boy come home, eight years old. And, man, they had a screen as about as big as that wall, just about it. I mean, goodness alive, filled up the whole living room. And, man, they cranked that thing up, and it was the most vulgar, cursing God. And I thought, are you kidding me? Here's a mama who set down her eight-year-old little boy and put that garbage in his ears. I thought, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me that they would allow that boy? And I mean, they act like that was normal. I thought, well, the first time I heard him cuss God, I thought, well, she'll turn that garbage off. And then I heard another word and I thought, goodness alive. You know what? I'm telling you, if you put that garbage in, don't you be surprised when they start cussing God and start using filthy language because that's what they know. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. One time Patty's cousin said, you, man, this is a good movie. It's clean. You want to watch it. I said, all right, I'll sit down with you. And I'm telling you, it wasn't three minutes in. And they said this, and they said that, and they said it. And I said, that's enough. You can turn that off. <laughs> I wasn't being super spiritual, but I wasn't going to listen to that garbage. I ain't going to put that mess in my ears. Amen. I said, you can go ahead and turn that off if you will. I'm not going to listen to that and put that nonsense in my ear. I don't like anybody to cuss God. And I sure enough ain't going to sit in the living room and listen to it. Amen. 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 Turn that garbage off. Hallelujah. Amen. I about come to the conclusion about hardly anything on television you can watch anymore. Man, watching the news, you gotta, gotta see a bunch of junk on the advertisements. God help us. We are living in their world, amen? Yes, yeah, they don't think about us when they make their movies and, and their garbage, amen? Oh, yes, they deceive them. Then let me say number three, they deceive themselves to believe that there's gonna be no regret for what they're doing. But I'm telling you, when their children get old and older, there's going to be some regret. I know a family. It's in another state. And that mother has left that family. Has been with different men. And, and that boy is about 16 now, her son. And he hates his mother. There may be a day that that mother will get right with God and come back and ask her husband to forgive him and even get right. But that boy will have to have a work of God beyond compare. He's full of bitterness. He won't come to church at all. They, the, grand, the grandparents have begged him. They go faithfully. They raise their daughter in church. They, they've, they've done all. They, and you know what, that boy? He hates her and probably always will outside of a work of God. You know what? There's regret. And we, if we don't hear the word of God and we don't do the word of God, we deceive ourselves to think that there's not going to be any regret. You know what I regret? Not obeying him as much as I should. Amen. That's the, the regret I have is sometime, I was talking about at the dinner table, I wish that, you know what? We talk about old Peter sticking his foot in his mouth, but it only took one look from the Lord and it broke his heart. Sometimes he got to speak two or three times to me. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to tell you that, but that's just the way that we are. Sometimes I don't listen to him the first time or even the second time. And shame on us. The regret I have, it's not being more sensitive to the voice of God. Amen. Would have saved me a lot of trouble if I'd been more sensitive. Sometimes it'd say, keep your mouth shut, keep your mouth shut. Boy, and I'd let that temper go ahead and go. And I'd say things I shouldn't have. Not cussing or nothing like that. But I'd get angry and, and maybe hurt someone's feelings. You see, we got to be careful. We got to be careful. There'll be regret. Not only heeding of the word. Then we see number four, verse 23 through 25. He talked about honoring the word. He gives us a couple different lookers in the Bible. He said there's that casual looker, Brother David. He's the man, he said he kind of just glances in the mirror and really don't care how he looks. You ever see someone come to church that way and their hair sticking straight up in the air and uh, you could tell they really didn't spend much time in the mirror, amen. 
<laughs> Some of you ain't got none, praise God. You don't have to worry about that part, amen. <laughs> you know, there's those who hardly ever look in the Bible. They're a casual looker. They really don't care what the Bible says about their life. You'll regret that one day at the judgment seat. There'll be people that'll be there that don't read their Bibles and that don't care a whole lot about what the Holy Ghost has to say. But you will on that day. You may be a young family here today and boy, you're living your life for yourself. You will regret that one day at the judgment seat. Amen. Then number two, there's a, there's a careful looker. That, that'd be one who t- takes a little bit more attention. One who wants to make sure he don't have a booger hanging out his nose. Amen. <laughs> I knew that'd get you. Uh, he's a little bit more careful. He spends a little bit more time <laughs> in the word of God. But then he said in verse 25, there's a continual looker. That word means to stay near, to abide. You know, I have preached it just about every youth camp and every youth trip, I always say, young people, you got to read your Bible. But Brother Jeff, you know what? We'd be surprised to find out how many adults in here don't read their Bible every day. I've actually preached for preachers who have admitted me they don't read their Bible every day. And I'm saying, God help us. God help us. How in the world can you help somebody when you're not reading the Bible yourself? Amen. 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 A continual looker. A continual looker. He talked about the Bible in their song. Thank God for the Bible. Oh, Brother Berman, Sister Cape sang that song. I love that old song. But I love this old book. There's just something about this book. Well, there's times I've been down and discouraged and get out that old book and the Holy Ghost and take that word and put it way down deep in my heart. Before long, the tears will start dripping off the chin. Hallelujah. I thank God for my Bible. I try to spend 15 minutes every day memorizing it. Don't know a whole lot, but I just try to keep a little bit put in there every day. I read it uh, so many chapters a day. I try to read it through at least a couple of times a year. You know what this book will do? It'll help you. Young person, it'll help transform your life. Miss Morgan, you got to learn, even though you work a job, you got to learn if you're going to stay in church and stay right, you're going to have to stay in the book. A continual looker. How many tonight? Raise your hand. How many want the Lord to bless you? I do. You know what he said? He said, I'll tell you how to be happy. Look what he said. He said, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man, he said, shall be blessed in his deed. Number one, he said, the man who's looking into the scriptures continually. Number two, he said, not a forgetful hearer. Number three, he said, a doer of the work. Do you, some of y'all that are older, do you remember 30 years ago, When a man got saved, he just started trying to live right, right away. Why does it take people now six years to halfway do anything? Man, I remember. I remember people coming down. I'm talking about no one saying anything to them. They'd have hair past their shoulders. And the next service you see them, they had a haircut. I mean, and nobody went to them. 
There's just something about the Holy Ghost. When a man gets saved, he moves inside of him. He begins to change him. Amen. We were sitting there, there at, uh, waiting to get in the White House. We made it past the first checkpoint. And there's a man sitting there. So I begin to talk to him and found out he was from Mississippi. And I told him where I used to live there. And he said he was 81 years old. And, and I said, well, sir, let me ask you an important question. You ever been saved? And he lit up and smiled. And he said, oh, yes. He said, I was a junior in high school. And he said, when God saved me, he changed me. Hallelujah. You see, there's a change. I just remember people, man, they, it didn't take them seven years uh, to quit smoking. Amen? Didn't take them 10 years uh, to quit drinking. I mean, things begin to change. I know we don't change overnight, but I'm telling you what, uh, if you stay in that book, praise God, it'll help you change. Amen? Amen? You become a doer of the work. Back in them days, Man, if the pastor said it, we didn't even question it. And I know you say, oh, that was maybe stupid. Well, yeah, if you got the crazy pastor, but most time back then you didn't have too many crazy pastors. You just did what the preacher said because you knew that he loved you and he was telling us the truth. Today, we want to question everything the preacher says instead of being a doer of the work. A doer of the work. He said, if you want to be blessed in your deed, then be a doer of the work. Let's stand if you would, please. Are you looking into the perfect law of liberty? He said five things. Number one, he said to hear his word. Number two, he talked about what hinders the word, which is filthiness in our feelings. Then he said that we ought to heed the word, be a doer, not a deceiver. Then he said we ought to honor the word, And then he said, there's happiness in the word. You know what he said in Psalms? Young men, here's what he said. He said, God will bless your life. He said, there is great reward in keeping them. And the them is the commandments of God. There's great reward. As we're singing tonight, would you let the Lord help you? Come talk to him. Maybe tonight you need to make a vow unto him that you'd read your Bible every day. Let the Lord help us tonight.